but there was a panelist next to me who said something to the effect of, you have to get outside your doors, you're not reaching the community. Like it was like a full call out, right? But it was it a good call out or it a was, bad call out? So it was, it was not directed to me personally. It was meant to really just say, hey, you can do all these great things, but do you understand the community you're working in? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we talk to ordinary Michiganders doing some extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, I'm in the city of Flint. The more time I spend with here, the more I'm impressed with just how much Flint is is really coming back and working very hard to shake off the reputation that they've had. And anybody who's been a fan of the show knows that I love talking to entrepreneurs, whether that's for-profit or non-profit, because I really do believe that entrepreneurship is the great economic equalizer. So with that being said, today I'm at 100K Ideas in Flint, and I'm talking with the executive director, Brandy Cook-Brown. Brandy, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for asking. Before I jump into it, why don't you talk to us? What is 100K Ideas? That used to be such a simple question, and now it's so loaded. <laughs> now it's so loaded, as it's, you've seen. Nothing's ever simple. <laughs> no, 100K Ideas is a nonprofit designed to relieve the innovator of the entrepreneurial burden. So we know everyone has an idea. At some point in somebody's life, they've had an idea for a business that they're like, you know, this could make me rich or, you know, I think I can handle that. But a lot of them do not have a place to go to get started because everyone has an idea, but not everybody has the ability to start a business, if that makes sense. That's a very specific skill set that requires sometimes knowing people who have started a business that requires some knowledge pieces that aren't always accessible to everyone. So we were created to bridge that gap. If you have an idea for a business, it can be a service, a product, a nonprofit, whatever it is, you can come to us and we'll help you determine how you would like to move forward. And so we do that with our direct client services, which is how we started in our bread and butter. We sit with you, we learn about your idea, your inspiration, your skill set, where you need some help. And from there, we put together a detailed research assessment, not to tell you whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. People ask us that a lot. <laughs> like, is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to that. And that's by design because sometimes, you know, you see those ads seen on TV ads. I say this all the yes. time to people. And there are things where I'm like, I would never buy that, but they obviously are selling. I say all that to say it's very subjective of who would support what. And so instead, what we do is we close that research out with two to three things they can do now to move forward. And so some of those next step services we can assist with. We have designers on staff that can help with your branding and your website and your logo. And then we also have engineers on staff to help prototype something that you're looking to build. And we have relationships across the state to kind of fine tune things as it's time to get to market and test the market, see what happens. You lose nothing because our goal is we want to get you there without making a crazy investment at this stage because right. we also know a lot of people we work with, they don't have thousands of dollars to invest in a mold for a product <laughs> that's going to be manufactured in 10,000 units. That's just not who we're serving. And instead, we found ways to be able to get them to market in a very low investment kind of way that allows them to really learn and see, did people buy this? Did they like it? Did they have suggestions? Should I modify this? Or they're using it, so they're giving feedback. And it's very practical is how we work. We don't work in philosophical, I guess, if that is the best way to say that. We work in very much rooted in reality here's the steps to get to your business and get it started. So that's what we do in a nutshell. We've expanded it quite a bit over the last couple of years by adding workshops and pitch competitions and now a resource center and a shop. 
that you can sell products at. But the core of it remains the same. It still is very much about we just want to provide access to entrepreneurship to those that have ideas, regardless of your background, regardless of your network, but knowing that it's attainable. And where you're located in Flint, and this was actually a very like pleasant surprise for me. So you've got a building, it's open, the public can come in. Yep. And many of the people that are members of this organization can actually have a shop set up here. It's called Shops on Saginaw, and it was actually created prior to us taking it over. So the building that we're in now, the Dryden building, they the first floor used to be all shops. And it was local businesses for the most part, small businesses. A lot of them did not have other storefronts. The goal was to bring retail back to downtown. That was the goal of that. Yes project because there was a time and actually people tell us all the time even where we're sitting it used to be the kids section of jc Penney's or sears or some macy's i keep i keep forgetting somebody tells me every time <laughs> we do a tour and they tell me so retail was a part of a downtown area and so that's why shops was created was like hey let's bring that back let's provide access to that obviously a little differently <laughs> right there's an opportunity for that as the building was being transitioned in terms of ownership they did end up closing shops what ended up happening was people were very disappointed. A lot of people were supporting shops because if they wanted to support local, this was a way they could do so and support multiple local businesses at the same time. But also the vendors itself, they were they counted on this as a way to enter the marketplace at a very ro- low risk level and do well. After being yelled on in the street by a couple of people, even though we did not run shops, <laughs> for the record, we did not run it initially. It kind of screamed to us like, okay, it has somehow become our mission to bring this back. There, no one asked us to, to be fair, but we just took it on as something that we were like, hey, this is something that matters to the community. Let's figure out how we can bring it back. And so that was the catalyst even for our move from our previous location at the Ferriswell building was, okay, we have to bring back shops. And so that's really where the inspiration came from. We brought it back a little bit on a smaller scale because we obviously are using the space a little bit more multi-use <laughs> than it was before. But it's the same structure. It, there's no upfront fee. So nobody pays a booth rent to be here. It's just 15% commission on sales. And then they just have to give us their inventory list um, because we are a nonprofit and we want it we want everyone to do well. We do have a little bit more programmatic components to it than it did before. So we do ask that the business actually be registered, that they have their bank account, they have their EIN number. Our checks are only written to the businesses. And so it's really about if you're really ready to sell in the market, this is what it takes. You know, you want to have everything lined up. So also you can track your business expenses and your finances and see how you're doing. So we made it a little programmatic. So there's a small change from where it was before. But overall, it's it's been so great to see. And luckily last year we had opened just in time for August in Flint. And I don't know if you've been here in August, but it's like festival after festival after festival. Oh, with the art walk and everything <laughs> else going art on. Walk yes. and back to the bricks and crim and alley fast and like everything's happening. So we were open. We were able to be open during that time. And it's not actually as full as it is now, but even with where it was, like people just, you know, came in and enjoyed supporting businesses and the vendors were here. So they were able to show off their stuff and tell the stories of the businesses. So it was a cool thing. So we're very excited that we get to keep that program going. And there's so much there that I want to unpack (laughs) uh, because what you're doing here is absolutely amazing and and how you're working with other businesses and and state organizations for that matter to help out these entrepreneurs. And before we jump into all that, first, why don't you tell us where you're from? Where did you grow up? Yep. I grew up in Lansing, Michigan. So about 45 minutes down the road from here, I went to Sexton High School. For college, I went to University of Michigan because Michigan State was way too close. (laughs) 
<laughs> my mom would have been knocking on the door every chance she could. But yeah, so I went to U of M. I actually got my first taste of nonprofit work right outside of college. Um, in my desire to be endlessly nomadic, um, I majored in psychology and had no desire to be a researcher or a professor or a therapist. So <laughs> what's left after that? <laughs> um, Which you kind of have to be all of those things you working here. have to be here. all of those things. You know, so it does come in handy. You know, I do use it occasionally. No, ironically, actually, the time I was graduating, I learned about a program they were starting called Mission College Access Network. It actually was going into its second year. The model was placing recent college graduates into high schools to be college advisors. Similar, if you're familiar with Teach for America, it's kind of a similar structure, okay. except not in the classroom. You're strictly focused on college access. And it's a near peer model, putting individuals with similar experiences to high school students to hopefully increase their college going success. My high school actually was on the list to be a new location that year. And it all was very serendipitous, I guess I could say. Literally, my track coach is the one that was there for the interview. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, it was like fantastic to see her and she was excited to see me. And we were very much like we're ready to kind of move forward. And as a nonprofit program, that was my first real experience into that space and knowing, OK, I think this is where I see myself, like I see my career moving in. So I did that for two years. It was fantastic. I spent a couple years in the private sector, which I... Even though it was not the best fit for me professionally, I attribute that to my ability to be professional in settings, if that makes sense. It was very corporate. So you sure. had a certain way you sent an email. You had a certain way you engaged with clients. But learning all those soft skills in a very rigid environment is really what helped craft you know, the professional you become to be. And my husband, though, is actually originally from Flint. He always had a desire. We were living in Lansing, but he had a desire to come back to Flint. And I had said... I'm not going unless like I'm working there. Like, that's silly. We're not just going to move to Flint and I have to commute back and forth. That's wild. And he brought me to a networking event taking place in the newly renovated Ferrisville building. And we actually missed all the presentations. That is when I met the co-founder, David Ole of 100K Ideas, who had worked with the company that was renovating the building and bringing 100K Ideas to Flint. And we were talking and he was like, so what's your background? And... We kind of just got the talking and rolling. And yeah, I think I put in my two weeks, like maybe two, three weeks after that conversation. It was pretty done. At so that, that point. was a leap of faith on your part. Oh, yeah, because they had just started. Right. So I as I knew as much about nonprofit as I did as a college advisor. Right. I knew we were grant funded. I knew there were like mechanisms there. But as far as knowing like, no, this is a new nonprofit. Like, I didn't even ask. So what's the funding look like? Like, what's how long have these, you been open? How, you know, I asked yeah. none of these questions. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And so, <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, it's been the best journey. I've learned so much in the process. And really, it has been challenging because you do it's a little bit of a learning curve, right? Like when you're put into the space and you may know things high level, but then to get into the details and have to figure it out. And I do appreciate having a very supportive team here that allows mistakes. I mean, and not anything crazy. You know, we don't have the building coming crashing down on us. But, you know, when you there's a huge learning curve, I mean, people have been incredibly patient with me as I figure things out and as I get more comfortable. So, yeah, but that's the journey to, to Flint for us. <laughs> you had this chance meeting with the co-founder of 100K Ideas. What was it that made you say, you know what, I'm I'm going to go all in on this? What what was it in particular that drew you to this? Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, I knew at my current, 
at my job at that time that I just wouldn't be there forever. Like I just kind of knew, okay, there's something else I kind of want to do. This is a stepping stone to something else. Mm -hmm. So there's, that's like the first realization. The second thing was I had always said, because I was good at my job, you know, it did well. I really didn't have any complaints. I was like, if I do leave, it's got to be something that's really pulling at me. And I couldn't stop thinking about the organization. And I just really felt like, you know what? If I didn't do this, I'd probably regret it. I don't know how to explain it, but there was something exciting about it. It was a challenge. I've, you know, not been in a situation like that before. So it really did push me out of my comfort zone. But I also think that's what I was looking for. I was looking for something that would require me to really be uncomfortable, if that makes sense. (laughs) So, and it continues to do that. And really being able to say, okay, you're a part of something that has really started to make a difference really you know and also making sure it did that right like it wasn't just something that came in not that I felt this responsibility in the beginning making sure we're not just here to make a quick splash and then we're gone there's a longevity component we want to see happen for our audience we're going to take a break and thank our sponsors when we come back we're going to talk to Brandy a lot more about what it is that they're doing here and how they're supporting the community we'll see you after the break Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Today, I'm at 100K Ideas in Flint, and we're talking with the executive director, Brandy Cook-Brown. Now, Brandy, before the break, we were talking about how you basically threw caution to the wind and jumped on board with 100K (laughs) Ideas. You were all in. What are like maybe one or two of the key challenges that you were facing either either personally you coming through the door or just as an organization. But talk to us about some of those challenges. A community like Flint, there are unspoken boundaries and rules that needed to be navigated. Our co-founder, he had was not from the community. Wonderful idea, great concept. But there are nuances, right, that you have to learn whenever you're coming into a new community. And to be fair, I'm not from here either. Right. So it's kind of really learning how, okay, let's take a step back. Let's listen to what people are telling us. And are we meeting what people expect? And so there was, we were maybe six, seven months in or so. And we were looking at the data and we're like, oh, this is great. You know, it's going good. We have, you know, all these ideas coming through, but where are they coming from? And they weren't as many from Flint as we would have liked to see. Because I think the initial anticipation was we're going to open the doors. People know this is a resource that can help them. They're going to come. And this is before virtual was a thing, right? So you physically are coming to (laughs) the location. right? And so it was really kind of like, okay, so how do we fix this? Because, you know, now you have funders like, oh, how's it going in Flint? Are people engaging? How does this work? And so that became a little bit of a thing we had to reconcile. And actually, I remember my role changed slightly. I turned... I started going into more community engagement for the organization to ensure that we're doing outreach and that people know what's going on. And I was sitting on a panel with a couple of different resources that an organization locally was putting on. 
And they had asked the question, I forgot what question it was, but the facilitator of the panel knew we had just decided to start doing office hours. So we ourselves, in addition to our partners here, which we'll talk more soon, we actually go out to local community centers for once a week to engage with residents in their spaces that they might be a little bit more comfortable. We realized, hey, we're creating an invisible barrier that we didn't realize for people that do not believe downtown Flint is for them. So in order to rectify that, we're like, okay, Maybe at some point they will, but we got to meet them where they are and really engage. And that became through tabling at community events and really getting outside of our own doors and putting ourselves in different positions as well. And so I remember sitting on a panel right before this program was launching and I had just said something. I don't remember exactly what the question was or what I was referring to, but there was a panelist next to me who said something to the effect of not staying downtown. You have to get outside your doors. You're not reaching the community. Like it was like a full call out, right? And it took- Yeah, but was it a good call out or a bad call out? So it was- It was not directed to me personally. That's what I do realize. It was meant to, and I really do believe the person's intent was not malice. It was meant to really just say, hey, you can do all these great things, but do you understand the community you're working in? And I think that was the mirror. And that's a valid point. And that's a valid point, right? I will never argue with that. Luckily, we were planning to launch office hours. We just had not announced it yet. So they got a sneak peek announcement at that point because then I was able to point out like, we hear you. Like we, this is not something we have overlooked. This is not something we take lightly. We get it. This is what we're doing to address that. Right. And so that was a little bit challenging because I'm a very non-confrontational person. So I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was it was a turning point for the organization. And at that point, um, my focus became how do we become more community centric? Like, where do we need to be? Who do we need to talk to? And it became almost like a gosh, like a trek down. Have I talked to everybody? And I'm fortunate because even though I'm not from Flint, my husband being from Flint and him having connections that I'm able to utilize, I was able to get in rooms and talk to people just simply off of the strength of saying, hey, I'm not from Flint, but my in-laws, they own the barbecue spot (laughs) at the farmer's market. Do you know them? You know, and honestly, and that's why I will always say Flint is such a welcoming community. I have never seen them shut anybody out. You just have to come in very authentic. Right. And that is the one thing they just want to see. If you are authentically you, they are open arms, they are ready, they they're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Because even when I would talk to people, we were maybe like year in and people were like, oh, I didn't know you guys were here. And we're like, well, that's not good. (laughs) So it's really being conscious of that. So we really took a lot of time to craft and a community outreach program. And how do we do that? And that's since evolved. So we still have our office hours. Um, Every quarter we do a community engagement with another organization. So that includes like, you know, going to the food bank, that includes reading for schools, that includes, you know, a cleanup at a park. Like it includes some sort of engagement to let people know not just what 100K is, but that we actually are here. And we, you know, we share and the that same- you care. And that we care, right? Like we're not just here to be here and, you know, say that we're in Flint for whatever- notoriety that gives us it's really intentional and we really want to make sure people know we're a part of the community and we care just as much so um that was a huge thing in that space and then shortly after we're making all these changes leadership shifted a little bit in the organization and i was asked to step into that space of like okay are you ready to do this and i'd said yes not knowing i was ready (laughs) to do it And that was just a time of learning curves, right? Like I went from knowing every project that came through the door to almost being pulled completely out of it because there was so much on the back end I had to learn pretty quickly. One of the things that you have that you offer here to your membership is all of these different programs 
that were coming through the door. Yeah. So talk to us, maybe like highlight maybe one or two of those that members can take advantage mm-hmm. of, whether it's if it's a presentation once a month, once a quarter, whatever that is. Yeah. So talk to us about some of those programs. Yeah. So as opening the Startup Hub, which is what we call it, we, in addition to physical equipment, we also knew knowledge-based resources were incredibly important. So in working with the thousand or so people we've worked with since we opened, those are the things that kept coming up of just like, well, I don't know anything about accounting. I don't know anything about a business plan. And to clarify, we do not help with business plans and that's strategic because there's other organizations in our community that does. So we are big on referrals and making sure that we don't take on projects we don't need to. And so in building out this new resource center, we were like, hey, we really need to make sure we have office hours for people to come here. It's a central meeting place. People know us, they're comfortable with us, but they can get help from different organizations they may not have had contact with prior. And so one of those accounting being like one of the number one things on the book, um, we reached out to the John L. Group. Um, They have an interesting story. They're three brothers who started an accounting firm. Actually, it was logistics, accounting, and then construction um, firm. They actually just I shouldn't say just, they've been open in their brick and mortar for a while. They actually were a client as well of ours. And so to see them grow into this full-fledged business that they are now is phenomenal. And being able to utilize them now for our clients as a client is such a full circle moment for us. They come in once a month and they're going to provide accounting help. So in talking with their COO, Luther Brown, he, me and him talked through and I was like, these are the struggles that we see people having. Is that something you can help with? He's like, oh yeah, that's no problem. And so they'll be here not just for office hours to answer your accounting questions. They're also going to be doing QuickBooks trainings twice a month. One session's for you've not used QuickBooks ever before in your life (laughs) and you just need help. And the other one's a little bit more experience, but I use the term experience loosely. Um, (laughs) You have the platform. You might have some information in there, but you need help organizing it and getting it to a point where you can run reports and the reports will tell you what you're looking for. Because our goal is we really want people to be financially stable. We see too many, especially early stage businesses that, one, the investment into QuickBooks is already a thing. (laughs) Right. And then if you don't feel like you've used it, you're letting it go. Because obviously you're like, oh, well, I didn't use it that much. I'm going to just let it, as you're reflecting on expenses and trying to make sure you're utilizing what revenue you do have responsibly. But we also know without proper financial and accounting practices, the likelihood of your success is less. And it's also hard to afford an accountant at that stage of your business. So how do we bridge that gap? And that's really what we had like a two-pronged approach to that. Well, really three-tiered because there's bringing in an accountant there's the actual trainings. And then there's also, we are providing QuickBooks subscriptions to our members for the first year for free. So giving them a chance, not just saying, hey, here's a subscription, you get one, you get one, but really we want to teach you how to use it as well. And that's really how we're, if that's a great example of just how we're approaching the space in general and the resources that we have here. It's not just meant to be like a one-off thing. We want you to develop these relationships, expand your network. If you have a question, we have someone that can help you. (laughs) And that's the message we want to make sure is clear. I was wondering if you could like maybe share a story of somebody that came in, maybe started from scratch and has been able to use your resources and be able to grow like a real business from this. Yes. It's wild because I have so many examples. So I feel bad like if I call one specific person out. Um, But I'll talk about Miracle McGlone a little bit. You saw his bags downstairs. Oh, yes. So he actually, he came to us at a weird stage. So we actually previously a partner with the John O group. We got a grant to be able to provide accounting hours for businesses. And I believe that's how he somehow found his way to us, or it was a grant program or something else we had going on. And we got to know him and we're like, you make these bags by hand. So we're like, what is going on? Like, what is, what are you doing? So um, he had been making these bags by hand and he had been selling them like, like custom bags as they were ordered. So, you know, you could 
do that and stuff. But he had some very specific things he needed to become more efficient. And he wanted to make sure he knew what they were. So we ended up working with him, took him through our process. But he learned his craft while he was serving time. So he learned lever working at that point and really just found a passion for it. And he was provided clemency under President Obama. So from there, he really was looking for resources to help him keep doing this because he just genuinely enjoyed it. We're just incredibly grateful that we're along for his journey. And so now he's in shops. He's also in, I believe, Comma Bookstore, which is a Black-owned bookstore downtown. And they um, both also have his bags. And so we... uh, have them available you can see him on display he also does custom and that's what he said he's like you know i make sales here and he's had some really cool months here um since he we've opened but he said you know the referral piece is what's crazy for me he's like people take my card after seeing the bags and shops and they'll call me and say hey can you do this or do that and he's able to do that and so he's even hosting um flint does art walk every yes. second friday of the month mm-hmm. and we open it up to vendors to host and he will be hosting the first one (laughs) where he'll be able to actually, he's going to do a demonstration of how he makes these bags. And I mean, they're actually real leather that he is stitching by hand and measuring and cutting and doing all of these things. Um, If Brandy, if somebody's listening to this and they want to come and check out what it is that you're doing, maybe they have a hundred K idea. Where can they find you? Where can they find you online? Yep. So online, it's 100kideas.org. That's where you can find us. It has links to all of our programs on there, right on the first page from our direct client services shops, as well as our startup hub. The shops link is awesome because it also shows you all our vendors. So it gives you a little sneak peek of who's all in here. We are physically located at 601 South Saginaw Street, Flint, Michigan, right on the bricks. So you can't miss us. We're right on the corner. And in any social media platform, we're just 100k ideas, 100k. Nice. So, yeah. Brandy, thank you so much for taking time to talk with yeah. us today. Really no. appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I really enjoyed it. And for our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com, click on Brandy's interview, and get the links that she mentioned above. We'll see you next time when we talk to another ordinary Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.